Shafi. Shafi, are are you there? Saluton Matfeu. Tu vi pretas paroli hodiaŭ vespere. Night has fallen once again on the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas. It is a quite quite a blustery night, actually. The wind is blowing out there. I got to tell you, you know, if you had told me uh, six months ago that it was going to be upper seventy degrees during the day in June in Austin, Texas, uh, I would I would have been ecstatic. I would have said, "Well, that's that's wonderful news." Person from the future who's telling me about the weather and then i would have then i would have asked you for other other tips about six months in the future three months in the future like uh like whether uh, bob baffert was still going to be training kentucky derby horses or not that was a horse doping joke for you folks out there lucas marquardt if you're listening uh and everybody else too one magical nation is so excited to be talking to you uh tonight. Uh, One Magical Hour, I believe we're looking down the barrel of episode 97, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But if I am, I will be corrected by Matthew Rampey as he comes on and joins us. He uh, he has mandibles like the Predator, and he is known for uh, children's folk singing in the greater Tarzana, California area. Matthew Rampey. Look at what's happened to me. I can't believe it myself. Suddenly I'm up on top of the world. It should have been somebody else. Believe it or not, I'm podcasting on air. I never thought I could feel so free. Flying away on a wing and a prayer. Who could it be? Believe it or not, it's just Shafee and me. Woo! Greatest American hero. There's a there's an old school reference for you. My, that goes out to my old school uh, One Magical Universe listeners. I knew that was coming. You told us before that you were going to do it, but I didn't know when. And uh, I've been looking forward to it. So really excited to hear it finally happen. I Oftentimes, I change a lot of words and make them custom to the show but i essentially just sang the greatest american hero theme song and put and changed one word maybe two two words <laughs> walking on air became but, you know, podcasting on air podcasting on air obviously yeah. it, it, these things write themselves shafi are we are we on air i mean on air it's was a li- there's a gray area there. Also, on air, that's on air was the... kind of, kind of a, kind of a metaphor anyway. You know. Well, are it... you talking about radio all of a sudden? Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, or, you would say you you're live. About... You're on the air. Right. Yeah. I don't think technically we are on the air. I think we're on the net. Yeah. But that doesn't have the same. But uh, yeah, uh, like at cache. some point it gets it gets it gets passed between like satellites and people's, you know. At some point the signal is going to go through the air. I guess if you watch it on a phone, if somebody listens to it on the phone, yeah, exactly. Or I, I it, it, lot, also lot the, of, there's that last little jump, the Wi-Fi from the Wi-Fi, your, yeah, the, your the router to your computer. There we are. We're on the yeah. air right there. We are on. We are multiple. On, on on multiple airs. <laughs> I mean, we're the song itself. We're certainly putting on airs. <laughs> the song itself is just about a guy flying. He's not actually a radio right, star right, at right. all. He's not. <laughs> he is um, literally on the air. A great show that you probably can't see anywhere. Uh, and if you didn't catch it the first time, I don't. I don't think it's coming back. Uh, greatest American it's, hero. Get at, sure us, you... get at us and let us know if that is available somewhere. Yeah, they have whole episodes on YouTube, I guarantee it. Oh, okay. Well, the power of the interweb strikes again. 
Um, what we have here, Shafi, is we've got an impulse buy cast. Yeah. Glad uh, it worked we out. Had, we, we, we didn't really plan to podcast and uh, a couple hours ago when I suggested it, Schaefer was like, man, I've had a long day. Let's look at tomorrow. And I'm not, I wasn't really available tomorrow. So Schaefer rallied like a champ. Honestly, like a I pro. was, I had come home, but I was dead asleep on my couch when I saw your text. <laughs> well, and that's I, a like, major rally then. I woke Shit. up and, and I like, didn't know, you know, it was like, didn't know what time it was. You know, it could have been tomorrow morning for all I knew. Like I was that, I was out that hard. And uh, I saw that. So it took some getting together. I was like, you know what? I can hop in the shower. I can get back into action and we can do this. And uh, here we are. A nice shower before the cast works wonders. Really, I love love a good shower before the cast. Yep. Uh, Did you enjoy tonight's drop? I did. um, That's from our, our new most favorite language. Esperanto, yeah, it's right? from Is the that... Google Translator for Esperanto. Salutone Matthew, Chuvi Pretas, Paroli Hodial, Vespere. Uh, it's hello, Matthew. Are you ready to talk tonight? Uh, oh. Matthew and I were talking before the. Yeah, believe it or not, before we talk uh, seeming, with seemingly endlessly to you guys. Matthew and I do a fair amount of talking just without hitting the record button. And we were talking about this. It's very, I don't think that all of the Google translators use that weird robot voice. And I was wondering if maybe they do it because, because Esperanto is all phonetic. They're like, we can do this entirely on the computer. We don't have to, we don't have to get anybody involved in this. You know, I think the other stuff, they have to have a human record because things aren't phonetic. They won't sound right. But but since everything in Esperanto is phonetic, you should ha- you should have a be able to have a computer just read it and it will sound... Well, it sounds like that, which is not... It still doesn't sound like a human talking. Yeah, but. it makes it seem like all native speakers of Esperanto are androids. But yeah, I just thought it was weird that, you know, I guess, I guess people just don't take Esperanto as seriously as we do, Matthew people don't take a lot of things as seriously as we do <laughs> Schaefer. like true. this podcast for instance <laughs> the, the weather just after sundown in the greater austin hill country yeah song parodies where we just change one word is that really a parody i don't <laughs> mm, i think you're using the word parody with quite a bit of, of leverage there like the status of ex- build the landlord's accurate. bird feeder yeah, or uh, man, there's some straight line winds going on out there. Uh, the o- the only thing more terrifying than a tornado, straight line winds, which is like kind of an invisible tornado. A tornado is great because it's like it's swirling in place, but straight line winds, you just never know, and they just come up on you and they'll just snap your trees. We've been having a lot of that around here. So I. Uh... The cast could totally get cut out because my power goes out. So be just be aware before, of that. just before we went we went live, just before we hit record, uh, I heard quite the ruckus outside in the trees. Yeah, it's very exciting. So let's open the door now. Let's see. Oh, dude, it's simmered down. It's simmered down. I think we're gonna be okay. All right, man. Good, good, good times. Good stuff. I. Really, I didn't call this meeting for nothing. Like I didn't, you know, it's it's not like we're podcasting for nothing up here. I just wanted to tell you that um, tomorrow is the last day of school. And if you recall, oh, one magical universe listener, uh, this podcast was started like right around the first day of school. Remember, like part of the discussion when you called me and hit record to, to create our first episode was that my kids were about to be starting school. So this podcast has made it through first grade and fourth grade. All right. 
And we we've uh, we've a... learned a little along the way, have we? Have we not? Dude, I have learned a ton in this school year. I've learned a ton about myself. I've learned learned a ton about you. I've learned a ton about interests of our guests. You know, I've learned from one dream dealer that uh, the way to be a poet is just to pick the right words and put them in the right order. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Uh, well, it's been a great year. I'd like to sign your yearbook. Um, but we don't have yearbooks. We should get some first yearbooks printed up because we're coming up to our 100th episode. And that sort of feels like, to me, I feel like our seasons should be 100 episodes long. We'll go to season two, 101. What do you think? Uh, I don't know what the ramifications are that with your, with like the, um, the RSS feed or whatever. We can call it season two. Um, I think we should continue to list the podcast numerically, though. Huh? Oh, if you oh, if you make it season two, then it's it starts the numbering over. I don't think it does. No, I, it yeah, only does I, if I, you I want st- to. I, I think want you- them to be numerical, but I'm gonna call I I'm gonna call it season two. Yeah, I think that that makes that makes sense. We're gonna have a season finale uh, with. <laughs> Possible future poet laureate Ada Lamone. Yeah. Is that correct? Is that going to happen? Correct. You think that's going to happen? Yeah. Great. Yeah. And um, so, you know, season finale, and then we can open our new season with like a ton of excitement and anticipation and expectation, and we can just let everybody down like right away. <laughs> we'll see how Let's it just goes. take it up a notch. Let's just take it up a notch. You've been listening to any podcasts lately? Uh, yeah, I've still been binging Omnibus. Omnibus, okay. Yeah, the uh, Ken Jennings and John Roderick podcast. Okay. Those um, those guys. What's that about? It's it's about it's about ephemera in history. Oh. Uh, currently, they're talking about the one I'm listening to right now. They're talking about the biblical figure figure of Lilith. And how she fits into the Old Testament. But then, uh, the one I listened to before that, though, they were talking about the show Dragnet. And what a humongous influence that had, both on policing and on television. So, uh, that was interesting. Okay. I'm going to give that a try. I, Uh, I got stuck on the dollop. Yeah. Uh, I've heard people mention that one, but I have not. What what do they talk about? It's an American history podcast where one guy, Dave, uh, basically does a book report from U.S. history, sometimes English history. Um, and his buddy Gareth just riffs on that. Gareth doesn't know what they're going to talk about. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um it's a lot of fun it's um i'm getting a, a kind of an overarching theme i i only discovered that podcast a few months ago and i probably listened to i don't know 50 of them now and um there's there's some themes in american history i'll give you two guesses <clears throat> No, come on. Everybody knows it's sexism and racism. <laughs> ah. I was going to go with uh, maybe alcoholism. Oh, that's another big <laughs> theme. Good. Unbelievably big theme. Uh, <laughs> um, I listened to an episode recently. Well, it was a three-parter. Um, so it was like three hour-plus episodes talking about the life of abolitionist john brown are you familiar with that name at all i i know the name i don't know much about his story you know i i knew the name too and i think it we all kind of know his name in connection with the raid on harper's ferry um which um was a big deal and was um 
it was really a catalyst for the Civil War. But um, he was an interesting guy, led a very interesting life. Um, I think he's possibly America's greatest hero, depending on your point of view. Um, he was born in, in Connecticut. And uh, when he was like five, they moved to like the Hudson River Valley, kind of the wilderness. And growing up, he had like Indian friends, like native friends. And, you know, his dad was an abolitionist and abhorred slavery. And this that area of the country became like the center for for that movement. And they were even a sort of a stop along the um, Underground Railroad. Um, he was a guy who... Here's the thing with a lot of these historical figures is like, they're so complicated, you know. They've got... Uh, like he had a he had a righteous cause for sure and mostly led a righteous life but but the, you know there's conflicting there's stuff that conflicts too like you know um well there was this whole sense of southerners viewing northern abolitionists as pacifists you know and and they were they were weak and not willing to fight and are you familiar with what they call bloody Kansas or bleeding Kansas? No. So, so there was this time when Kansas was becoming a state and they were going to have a vote as to whether it would be a free state or a slave state. And so people just started pouring into Kansas on, on both sides of that issue. A uh, lot of pro-slavery people pouring into Kansas at this time. And um, John Brown and his family went there. And there were some episodes that happened where pro-slavery forces were committing these acts of violence against anti-slavery uh, people. Um, there was a... Oh... Sorry, let, let, let me get this right. Um, John Brown was was appalled by um, the sacking of Lawrence, which um, was like the the authorities in Lawrence, Kansas, like went in and destroyed like a free press, and then they they killed some people. <laughs> they tarred and feathered some people. And John Brown wanted to let them know that there were people willing to fight for this. And so there's a thing called the Potawatomi Massacre, where John Brown and some of his sons and men got took broadswords and they went to this cabin where these pro-slavery forces were staying. And he called these men out and they fought them with broadswords and hacked them and cut off arms and split heads and... Uh, it got very, very bloody before the Civil War. But um, as I'm listening to this thing about his life, I'm I'm just like, I'm really struck by people who have a cause and they are going to die by it. And um, you think about it now, <laughs> there were so many people in this country that were like, they couldn't imagine the economic system existing without slavery and they of course they, probably most of them called themselves christians but they believe so wholeheartedly in uh you know the importance of enslaving people <laughs> for economic gain um, and they were willing to fight for it and john brown really spearheaded the movement of people that were willing to fight against it and I, I just love these his tales of of historic lives lived and like the boldness of people and all the things that occurred over a life, you know, definitely. Um, I, I recommend listening to the dollop John Brown part one, two and three. Um, 
Yeah, so that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I will do that. What did you have to say about the Coors family? Oh, those were some other ones on there that I that I jotted down. There's some dollops that I've listened to lately that are like cuckoo bananas in terms of, uh, you know, abhorrent historical behavior. Uh, the Coors family uh, have an interesting history. Um, of course, Adolf Coors came here uh, from Germany. Yeah. Um, from from Prussia and um he was uh the, man the Coors family's messed up <laughs> like uh they they have you know the patriarch was basically all completely focused on brewing and ignored his family there's a lot of ignored their ignored your family in history <laughs> when when somebody like builds an empire there's a lot of kids and, and spouses that get just sort of left in the dust. Um, a lot of unhappiness all throughout the Coors family, <laughs> their lives. A, a bunch of them killed themselves in the end. Um, there's a, a bonkers tale about Adolf. Uh, I think it's Junior Junior from Adolf Coors that came to America but in, in 1960, he was kidnapped, um, which he had been afraid of all of his life and um, was like gruesomely. And it, they paid the family paid the ransom, but then he was murdered anyway. And um, man, just just a lot of messed up stuff. But in but as as the Coors story gets closer to the modern times, um, I think it's. Uh, Bill Coors or Joe Coors becomes a, a huge conservative person mm. like on Reagan's kitchen cabinet, which the kitchen cabinet was just these, all these wealthy people that supported Reagan and, and just a lot of uh, anti uh, gay, anti <laughs> uh, anti-immigration talk, like really, if I, I, I worked for a Coors distributor for so long, I, I, after listening to that, I will never drink a Coors again. <laughs> oh, wow. They're really, they're really in a, the, 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 the conservative branch of the Coors family became a really abhorrent bunch. Same with the guy that started the Promise Keepers. I don't know if you know about that guy. There's the Promise, well, I mean, I kind of would assume that that guy was a little bit of a, a nut job, but maybe that's unfair. Yeah. I don't know. It, <laughs> I've just, I've been, I've been noticing those themes in history. Pete Coors, but, um, Pete Coors from the Coors commercials looks like such a nice guy. I know. And like, <laughs> it's amazing. They've been able to like escape any kind of cancel culture business yeah like um who was it joe coors um i don't know that that was just another history of a family that is strikingly um just filled with crazy crazy stuff And I'm not really, I don't even really like podcasts, but I've been enjoying that one. You know what I, this, uh... Uh, you know what this podcast needs? More robot. I'm totally addicted to podcasts. I don't like, I, I don't do the dishes or drive to the store or, you know, I don't do anything. I can't do these chores without, without a podcast. <laughs> I, I just, I wouldn't. These it would, dishes will never get done unless I have weird. just a real good podcast. And yet, yeah. I find I find doing chores very easy if I have if I have podcasts to listen to. But if for some reason I know which like that, it really doesn't happen anymore. The podcasts are always available to me. Knock on wood. Um, 
Yeah, I've been working on a cabinet project at the workshop this week, and uh, I'd, I'd be lost without my podcasts, without my stories. It's just great that your brain can separate out uh, when you're like doing an audio thing and you can do a visual thing at the same time, you know, yeah. it doesn't really require uh, a certain style of thought. You, they can be just completely separate. You know what this podcast needs? A classic segment. One that people have been saying, hey, where, where'd that, uh, remember when you guys used to do that thing, the news cruise? Do you, do you remember that segment? Are we doing this deep song? I hope so. I hope I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it in here. Exciting theme song. Yes. Oh, I mean, and I stepped on it with the robot. What a mess. There was a time. Uh, yeah. I, welcome, Universal Correspondent Schiffer Hall. There was a time when, uh, yeah, when the news cruise was was very central to the show, wasn't there? Wasn't there? Yeah, wasn't and then it? there were there were people, there were people in our audience who didn't want us to talk about the news. I'm not saying any names. I, you know. I think that that's interesting. I think, and that's why I'm really glad that we have those, um, those recordings between August and oh, say November, because that's you know when something very different was happening in America, uh, different and hopefully not to be repeated, uh, was happening in America. Oh uh, well, according to the dollop, it's all going to repeat. It's a. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Okay, but you know, <laughs> no, no, no. It'll be worse next time. I promise. <laughs> we were laughing. I was laughing with, uh, with one of my regulars, John, today, about he said he had just seen, you know, from you know, from the from the really wacko conservative sources, he had seen that uh, president uh, that Trump has has announced that he will be president by August. He will be president again, and I pointed out that that's that that uh, might be, you know, to try to deflect attention from the other very real things that are going on in his life right now. Uh, you know, like like massive uh, uh, grand juries <laughs> discussing uh, heinous crimes that he almost certainly committed. And, yeah, John laughed and he said, yeah, he's going to be president of jail. <laughs> yeah, nice. And... Uh, but anyway, it's understandable that Grace wanted that, or that any of our listeners really didn't want, or weren't dying for us to talk about politics, or sorry, talk about news. And you know, by virtue of what was going on last year, if you're talking about the news, you were probably talking about one person, and that so that explains. Fortunately, now we can uh, pick up stories from Sky News uh, via Liverpool, United Kingdom. Uh, where uh, cops have busted a a Liverpool drug dealer who used this thing called EncroChat, which I didn't know about. EncroChat is this kind of uh, it's like a closed uh, uh, personal like communication system, like a closed cellular cellular system that's kind of it's kind of entirely burner, you know, it's all encrypted and, you know, everything, nothing that you do or say is supposed to lead back to you, you know, whether, whether they be photos or anything, you know, if you get on this, it's supposed to be uncrackable and you know, nobody's, if you don't want it, people to know where, where, uh, voices or texts or photos came from, they're not supposed to know, but this, uh, the the UK uh, UK authorities did this massive crack job and uh, just busted busted EncroChat wide open and uh, arrested hundreds of people. But this one guy was still managing st to stay out of it until he posted a picture of his hand holding his favorite mature blue Stilton cheese uh, crafted by Long Clausen in Leicestershire. 
a creamy, a delicately rich and creamy Stilton. <laughs> and it's a, it's a really, you know, uh, highly, uh, highly detailed picture. So did that, that gave him his print or something? They, yeah, they found his, they, they were able to get his handprints and his fingerprints off of, off of this picture. <laughs> And then they connected that to, you know, all of these other, I guess, like, you know, drug related messages that had been sent, you know, through the same, through the same highly, highly encrypted account. And we're like, all right, well, we got you. (laughs) This is why I'm not a drug dealer, because I would be sloppy like this, too. (laughs) You'd be. I see the picture of this guy. He's just a regular dude. You'd be blasting pictures of your Stilton all over the internet. (laughs) You've got to have. If you want to be a successful criminal, you have to have discretion. Guys, you got to try this. Can't be discreet. If you can't, if you can't stop from sharing every little detail about your stupid life, then (laughs) then drug smuggling is not the business for you. But this is just—I wonder, Matthew. Like, is this just not another situation to just have two phones? Do all of you know all of your drug dealing and anything that's illegal on one phone and show everybody you're stilton on another phone (laughs) why that that does that does seem like drug dealing 101 everybody seems to work this problem out he was just he was he was so excited he was so he was like he was like uh like pepe le pew like wafting on the smell of this stilton cheese it just to took, be fair, took, that cheese looks legit. <laughs> I'm sure it's good. It I'm looks sure really that, legit. I'm sure that it's lovingly crafted by Long Clausen in Leicestershire. <laughs> hope, he, hope this guy is not lactose intolerant. Uh, no, he's he's highly he's Stilton tolerant. I wonder if the Stilton yeah. tastes as good now, sir. How does your Stilton taste it. now, Mr. Stewart? I wonder. Oh, I, I, I wonder gonna, how he's going to feel about that after he gets out of the clink. I wasn't going to use this. I wasn't going to use his name. Uh, that's a. That's, I mean, it says it in the article. Like, yeah, it does. I don't know why I was. Like, Carl I Stewart of Merseyside. He's probably an Everton fan. You know, the other thing, Matthew, that leaps out to me about this article is that that weird American thing. Like when I read this, I like I'm like authorities, you know, cracked this, you know, this private business that was selling highly encrypted devices to criminals, and they, you know, these and then authorities got their shit together and they cracked that system and they busted everybody. You know, in America there would be all these like hillbillies being like, why is why is that government coming stepping in, looking peeking in my back door? Uh, you know, and you're like, well, here's why it's because it's a good way to bust criminals and, you know, whether they be drug dealers or whether they be that guy who wants to put on a silly Buffalo hat and raid the Capitol, you know, that like, guy, right. bring it, bring it on, yeah. crack that, you know, if you find a few pictures of me smoking a bong in college, oh, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm conflicted here because I'm rooting for the Merseyside Police Department in this. Like, <laughs> good job, lads. You know, and you know, and that's what. Maybe because this guy is no Tony Montana. You know, that's what police departments He's, are for. You know, they you know they sure. spent more time doing this, and uh, and you know, and less time, you know, uh shooting black people who are driving around peacefully in their cars, then they wouldn't uh, be in the PR situation that they're in today. Yeah. Um, I totally, I want to fund this. I'll, you know, you can use my tax dollars to, uh, to decrypt the uh, drug dealer cell phones. All you, you know, all you want to bust dumbasses. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, keep in mind that I think that, I'm sure I think most of the drugs he was selling should probably be legal anyway. But if you're killing people, wait, what's the if you're killing people to, uh, you know, to uh, maintain a stranglehold on a on a market or something, then, yeah, you you need to. 
that needs to be stopped. Cocaine, heroin, MDMA, and ketamine. Yeah, I think so. I think three of those should be legal, and I'll let you, yeah, a couple, I'll let couple you, of, I'll let you guess which three. A couple of things that should be legal, and a couple of things that probably shouldn't. Uh, there's a couple, and there's uh, a couple of things that might shouldn't be legal there, I, or just or you know medicinalized. You know, take you know at least. Uh, I think you know as long as we're gonna have methadone clinics, why not have heroin clinics? You know, let's go down the list. Let's go down the list here. Cocaine. Do you think cocaine should be illegal? Yeah, legalize it. If it's not if it's not stepped on and like and turned into a poison, then yeah. I mean, what about what about heroin? Do you think heroin should be illegal? Should be. Illegal? I think I, I actually I'd put cocaine in with heroin. You know, like if if you're gonna get addicted to that, uh, I I can understand a lot of different reasons why. You know. If you're, you know, if your life's terrible and there's, you know, absolutely nothing, no, nothing uh, in the world that can turn things around for you, and you, you get addicted to hard drugs, I understand it completely. Um, but have that, you know, have that stuff be, um, be carefully regulated, regulated, yeah, and and moved, uh, develop, uh, uh, manufactured in a safe faction, safe manner distributed it in, in a safe manner and you know distributed alongside uh alongside counseling and stuff that can help i mean it's just you know that's just a no-brainer to me that it stops you know a lot of the death that's going on a lot of the uh you know taking advantage of poor people that happens uh, uh in all of these in all of these drug uh drug economies uh you know it just it just seems clear and then you know and then you know, leave the MDMA and just ketamine. I don't. I don't know about. Well, now they're doing. Uh, a t they're actually doing a lot of uh, antidepressant um, therapies with ketamine these days. Interesting. Uh, um, so, um, I, I at one time I would have said, at one time I would have said, oh, ketamine. It's um, uh, it's cat tranquilizer, right? right? It's it's a, an animal tranquilizer. Uh, I, I, I came across it in my days in Babylon uh, as like a come down thing, you know. Uh, I have had a I've had a weird night or two that ketamine was involved. In. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, but these days there's like ketamine clinics, um, and they're doing therapies. So, and I, I think MDMA too should be used in a therapeutic manner. Um, can be used to great effect in a therapeutic manner. So. Um, Obviously, uh, psilocybin and psychedelic mushrooms are people that are, uh, you know, kind of self, uh, self medicating with those all over the place. Now you hear about it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So we, so just to be clear to everyone in one magical, one magical universe, this is a legalize it show. Shafi, are we liberals or are we leftists? Uh, I'm yeah, I, I'm sure that I fall into both the lefty and the liberal category. Okay, I think I have, I, I'm definitely a liberal. I, I, I really, I prefer the label. I'm a progressivist. I believe in progress. I believe in improving upon systems, learning from mistakes. Um, yes, I like that. I like that that word too. I I think when I was younger, I was probably more of a leftist. I've really also from the dollop and listening to um, the history of Abby Hoffman, who was um, one of the Chicago Seven. Um, he was a rabble rouser in the sixties. Um, another life well lived, and and righteous causes well fought for. Um, I love rabble rousers. In connection with that, there was they were talking about the difference between a liberal and a leftist. Um, you know, and a leftist believes in more like action and possible possible violent retribution for for fascist, you know, assholeish behaviorishness. You know? Ah, interesting. Okay, um, so. Um, I think it's not only placement on the spectrum, political spectrum. I think it's also uh, 
you know, willingness to act and extreme extremity of belief. I think I'm probably somewhere between a liberal and a leftist. <laughs> um, but I didn't. I, but, you, I, but you know what? Maybe I've got like a conservative leaning too on on an issue. I don't know. I I, I hate. I don't like categorization and 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 buying into this thing where I, there's a platform and I've got to believe all these one things. Like I mean, the problem is Matthew. That, you know, you have two kids and a wife, and you know your your kids would be in pretty bad shape if you went to jail because you were well bombing um when when everything kicked off last summer i promise really, keeper vans or whatever yeah I don't right, know, I was trying to think right. uh, <laughs> joe coors's uh country home <laughs> um there was um that's not a specific threat to the coors family by the way no, but they are not. assholes um Last summer when things were kicking off, there was literally that day in Austin uh, when the the George Floyd the George Floyd death sparked, you know, unrest in America was really gathering steam. And we had gone over to Chris and Lisa's just to have a barbecue and just be in the backyard and the the protests were happening downtown and i i felt a strong desire to go down there but yeah a a geezer with some back issues and two kids to take care of i felt like i didn't um my place wasn't on the streets and i feel like you can support that movement without actually being on the streets um yeah i wish i wish i had certainly there's lots of things that you can do that aren't I wish there was had been more sort of liberal action like that happening when I was a younger man, and there wasn't. It was it was just sort of fomenting in the '90s, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, of course, again, you were talking about the the start of this podcast and and the environment in which it began, and and we both debated whether to really talk about political things and. I think over time it just all spilled out. We're uh, newsflash: we're liberal leftists. <laughs> <laughs> However you define it, Shafi and I are there. Maybe not in person. Maybe not tonight. But in spirit and on the air. And I just mean the jump between the Wi-Fi and your laptop. Just between the router and your Wi-Fi and your and your yeah, we are we are on the air for few. We days. are there on the air. You know what would, you know what a lot of people come to this space for? It's poetry, poems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I because no another problem with this friggin society is like people don't take poetry seriously enough right i agree see that as a major issue (laughs) speaking of progressive i uh i actually occurred to me that i would like to read a poem by uh By Mark Lamoureux. Uh Actually, I have a I have a bio uh, right here in front of me. This is from Oculum.net. Mark Lamoureux is an assistant professor at Housatonic Community College. He is the author of four full-length collections of poems, uh, including "It'll Never Be Over for Me" uh, and Astro- Astro- "Astrometry Organon." <laughs> uh, Oh, so sounds like one of our show titles. Horologian is forthcoming from Poet, Re- Poet Republic Limited in 2019. Uh, his work has appeared all over the place. He's very extensively uh, published poetry. And he won the uh, Ping Pong Poetry Prize for his poem, Winter Henge, Summer Henge, selected by David Shapiro. Um, uh, Mark's a good friend of mine from New York, uh, and he... Throughout the whole Trump administration, he was my sanity on Facebook. He was 
never afraid to say the things that I was thinking but couldn't put into words necessarily, the things that manifested in me as just uh as just you know me being depressed on my account my couch mark was on facebook saying no we have to fight this with bricks if we you know with bricks if we have to we this is uh you know this is not the time to not do anything and uh and i didn't i didn't throw any bricks at anybody but i did you know i did engage my family and you know and talk about it to anyone who would listen I wrote some stuff about it, wrote some poems, and um, I at least got myself to where I could live with myself. Um, but Mark Mark Lamoureux was uh, very important to me in that time, and he's, he's I still look up to him uh, as a as a leftist extraordinaire. Um, and this poem is called "In Search of Monster Hunters." Human beings dressed in costumes rewarded by electronic bagpipes beneath the placid surface leading experts wield no guns slanting shadows in specific areas are available to all a unique sound when i am eight months old reputable individuals from all walks of life are distant relatives of man people have seen god at a major academic institution divining crystals erase any possible rapport in the shaking leaves a salmon 12 feet high, ook, ook, old friend. For a few magic moments, dedicated men come face to face with Leonard at last. Uh, his, uh, this is part of a series of poems that seems to be, I'll put it, I'll put a link up on Facebook. It seems to be, you know, in the, it's all of the titles are in search of monster hunters, in search of Dracula, in search of firewalkers, in search of the Amity fellow or, in search of shark whispers um all you know remember uh, when we were kids there was that show in search of and it was all about the all about the occult it kind of purported to be a documentary but i don't actually remember that it was something something less than a documentary um is that i remember is, the is he talking about american history <laughs> i you know i think there is yeah so, some, some of that degree, going on there yeah uh, that's it. number one amazing poem number two that you know the, the poet is a friend yeah that's we'll get him on the show at some point it'll be amazing uh, I, I sorry to use amazing twice in two sentences it's a good person to talk to <laughs> well we did it again my friend I want to remind everybody how much we care for you and we appreciate you listening and we would just hope that somebody out there would go rate us on Apple Podcasts. I haven't looked in a while, but um, do we have any more ratings? No, I don't think so. I somebody, really, I have please. not. Ch- I believe it or not, I have not checked. Uh, get involved in the uh, in the worst episode contest. Uh, if you can give us specific uh, specific moments from what you think makes the worst episode uh, of One Magical Hour ever, call and describe it. Uh, you know, with with as much detail as you can, uh, to our voicemail line at five one two seven six 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 zero eight seven. Just because uh, we're thin skinned leftists doesn't mean we can't take a little <laughs> constructive criticism. Oh, we deserve it. <laughs> we deserve to be. We deserve constructive criticism. To be constructively criticized. Well, for our for our sins. <laughs> the sin of and for and for and for Carl Stewart's sins. The sin of creating a great podcast. Um, sin, of, sin of only using one cell phone. Shafi, what happens when you make poor choices? The wine tastes sweeter. <laughs> Is that our sign off? I think our sign off should end on like a rising pitch. <laughs> <laughs> the sweeter the wine. The the wine. All right, we love you. Bye.